Welcome to Shortcut to Sunday. I'm Ben. And I'm Bruce. And this is your podcast for February 12th, 2023, the sixth Sunday after the Epiphany in year A. And we are coming to you not live on behalf of Holy Family Episcopal Church in Fishers, Indiana. Bruce, how are you doing today? I'm doing fine. Thank you. Very, very good. Fine is good. Um, it is good enough. Yeah. Uh, uh, we're we're uh, into February now, like fully officially. Not only did we do last week, uh, but like, you know, we're recording fi- in, in February. Like it's uh, and it's still cold. <laughs> What's going on? I mean, it is not cold. I, well, it was. No, maybe not today. We got we had a we had a good day today. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. But, yes. Uh, what all's what all's going on at the church? I know that um, um, as this podcast is being released, uh, the deadline to signing up for our trivia night, uh, uh, which is uh, oh, off the top of my head, uh, the date unknown, but it's the Saturday <laughs> of. The 25th, that was the part that I didn't know. Um, uh, the that is correct. February 25th is our trivia night, and the deadline to sign up is this Saturday, the 11th. Uh, information on the website for that. But what else What else we got going on? Um, I uh, <laughs> We are at the deadline for ordering your um, sandwich Super Bowl meal um, to support the youth group. Mm-hmm. You can do that through it. You can still do it through the website. Okay. Um, but yeah, the if you're hearing this podcast, do it ASAP. <laughs> yes. Uh, Super Bowl <laughs> Sunday is soon. Um, yes. <laughs> well, and, more importantly, they have to place the order even sooner. Uh, right. Exactly. Um, but we also have. Um, I think we also have the Shrove Tuesday uh, is what the twenty is that 20, the twenty first? Yes, twenty first. Oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! So many things. So many um, things. So it's time to start thinking of what you're going to do for your Lenten practice already. Uh-huh. Ah. And and we'll be talking about that. Um, not so much this Sunday, but the Sunday after that during the adult forum. Well, I just encourage everybody to please don't make it uh, giving up listening to this podcast. Uh, uh, I would appreciate it if, if you y'all stuck around. Um, actually, but it's not like I wouldn't still do this. I was going to say, how would we notice? <laughs> I'm still going to do this. I mean, yeah, you know, me too. Whether it's for 400 people or for nobody. Uh, and this is, this is quite a lot of fun. I have to admit. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so, uh, uh Goodness. So yeah, a lot of things. Uh, so we definitely want to encourage you to visit our website uh, to see what all is going on and yeah, taking place. Once Lent starts, there are so many things happening with Saturday morning Lent walks, Wednesday evening, Ashes Hallelujah soup suppers, on and on and on. So yeah. Yeah, lots of things. Lots, lots and lots. Lots of things. Um, so, uh, well... Let's move on with uh, uh oh well actually uh, to do a retroactive plug uh, <laughs> uh the 33 and the third was uh, was oh, uh, man that was so good see I didn't get a chance to go so I wanted to ask uh that was that was this past Sunday night yeah uh, and so we'll be coming up uh, again uh the, the what is it the first Sunday of first uh, Sunday uh, of March of March okay and and we'll be listening to 
the rhythm of the saints oh cool by yeah paul simon by paul simon yeah i am so looking forward to that oh yeah that it just are the the acoustics in our worship space are just so magnificent that this music just gets into your bones in a great way yeah no it's it it is it has always been a fantastic location uh for for music uh, uh yeah. our sanctuary uh i uh we can there there are plenty things uh that 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 can be criticized but the sound in that room is not one of them right <laughs> uh, uh it is it is definitely lives up to any expectation so um well let's move on then to this day in church history and uh this day in church history begins our, our first uh, entry comes from 1049 which uh sh- shows us that bruno is enthroned as pope taking the name leo the ninth among his first acts will be countering threats from anti-pope benedict the ninth he will in- which we've we've had a lot of uh entries over over the months uh about the anti-popes uh right. during these periods of time so um uh, a fun a fun thing in in church history uh, uh several times multiple popes uh couldn't agree on it um well n- n- you if i may be wrong i don't think there's been more than two at any given moment just oh yeah 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 no yeah. I, I you i think you might be right on that i don't i don't think we've had an instance where there's like a there's like nine of them i don't know what's going on here um but <laughs> Three of uh, them are named fred <laughs> right uh uh Bruno, uh, even though we're not supposed to talk about Bruno, I guess, uh, he will endeavor to improve the papal finances, which are in woeful condition, and correct the abuses of simony and sexual misconduct that are rife among churchmen. That date again... That that date again was 1049, (laughs) and nothing ever bad happened thereafter in those arenas uh after Fixed that once and for all once and for all never to be a problem again uh 1220 uh jordan of saxon uh saxony uh becomes a, who becomes an early leader uh among the dominicans is accepted into that order um so there you go uh 1322 during the night of this the eve of i didn't know this was a thing saint ermelinda's day i guess that was a a catholic church thing the central tower of ely cathedral collapses uh so um, what date was it uh well it's it's february 12th just Uh, in general okay uh, yeah uh, and uh, in 1322 and it was the eve of St. Ermelinda's Day. So that tells me that St. Ermelinda's Day is February 13th. Uh, um, I still have time to finish my shopping. <laughs> plenty of time. Plenty of time. Uh, but yeah, the central tower of Ely uh, Cathedral collapses. And Ely, I'm not entirely sure. Um, I mean, that's UK, but I'm not sure yeah. where that is. East oh. Cambridgeshire District. Okay. I, okay. I was there actually kind of picturing it right, but I had no idea what you call that part there until you, go. you said, and then it was like, "Dull." Well, yeah, I'll I'll also play the duh card as if I knew that or, or would have done that in any way, shape, or form. 
which I would not have. Uh, <laughs> uh, 1481, the first auto de fe, which is uh, an act of faith, a public confession or implementation of sentences, is conducted by the Spanish Inquisition and oh, takes no. place in Seville. Yeah, no, nothing ever bad happened there. Twelve <laughs> men and women are burned alive, uh, charged with relapsing into the practice of Judaism. How dare they? One of, I, one of the first church history books I read, which I, I was in middle school, but it was a grown-up book, and a scholar put forth the theory that Columbus, Christopher Columbus, um, had at the very least support, support for Jewish people, if not being Jewish himself, at least in part, and that one of his motivations for exploration was to find was to to create Spanish territories where Jews could live in safety. Huh. Okay. I, well. I've never heard that since. And, you know, it's been a while since I was in middle school. So I have a feeling that theory did not catch on. <laughs> <laughs> perhaps not. Uh, perhaps not. Um, uh, continuing on uh, the uh, slightly morbid entries here. Uh, 1554 <laughs> uh, sees the execution in London of Protestant uh, claimant to the English throne, Lady Jane Grey whose family had used her as a pawn in efforts to overthrow Mary Tudor. Um, Don't go against those Tudors, man. It was a brutal period of time. Um, The, in in 1593, an Orthodox uh, synod meeting in in the church of Theotokos Paramethia in Constantinople endorses the decision of ecumenical patriarch, Jeremiah the second to raise the metropolitan of Moscow to uh, patriarchal rank. The Russian patriarch thus becomes the fifth ranking patriarch after that of Jerusalem. What year was that? Uh, 1593. Yeah. That, that, okay. I was about to say something mean. I won't. Um, <laughs> but I w- <laughs> what, what's stopping you? Why stop now? Uh, <laughs> This is this is the more dignified way of saying it. Part of you know, the past always comes back to bite you. Um, dynamic here is that part of the Russians um, at times inferiority complex are dynamics like that, oh. where you know, they're they're one of now the one of the largest um, sets of Orthodox believers, mm-hmm. but. You know, there's they there's they'll always be number five in terms of patriarchal yeah. patriarchs seniority. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um seventeen ninety-seven, the Emperor's Hymn, which is now the Austrian national anthem, uh, with music by Fra- Franz Joseph Haydn is first uh, sung on this day, the birthday of Francis II, who had been Holy Roman Emperor. For about five years. In future, the tune will often be used for the hymn Glorious Things of Thee Are Spoken. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so that anytime we do that, uh, that is actually the Austrian national anthem. I don't think I knew that. Yeah, I don't think I did either. Um, um, shows you how much or how little I've been paying attention during, you know, the Summer and Winter Olympics when that... Uh, <laughs> Usually, usually the winter mainly Olympics. winter, yeah. Yeah, mainly winter Olympics. Uh, well, that, that's one of the problems with the, the focused broadcast we have these days is you don't – they only show a 
medal ceremony if the Americans won the yeah, gold. Exactly. So you don't get to hear all the national anthems from countries you never hear national anthems from otherwise that is very true i, I do remember uh years ago when it was a uh, uh, done in italy i forget if that was summer or winter but either way they did a couple of the 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 times that the uh, italian uh individual or the italian team won and uh man i really love their national anthem it was a lot of fun to listen to yeah uh, um especially at home with a like 10,000 people singing along. Um, <laughs> so that was a lot of fun. Um, uh, 1834, we see the death in Berlin of heretical German theologian and philosopher Friedrich Schleicherhermark. Uh, boy, that is a long name. I, and I totally butchered it. But Fre Friedrich, uh, he defined religion as feeling an intuition of the universe and, quote, a sense of the infinite in the finite, which is actually really Kind of that's cool. not bad is it <laughs> no it's, not, it's really not talk about ahead of his time okay right i kind of dig that uh frederick i apologize for not saying your name correctly but yeah I, and a little known fact is that the his german last name me means i wish i were an episcopalian <laughs> <laughs> there you go schleiermark schleiermacher uh i'm i'm it's all over the place. I'm, I'm going to move on. 1891, uh, Catherine Drexel of Pennsylvania, having given up, a, given up a large inheritance, founds the Sisters of the Blessed Sacrament to serve African-American and Native American people who are oppressed by discrimination and dire poverty. She uses her fortune to fund the society's work and will found Xavier University in New Orleans. Oh. I didn't so. know that last part. That's cool. Yeah, isn't that cool? Yeah. Um, and, uh, so, uh, I got two more here. Uh, 1938 death of Yosef Tr uh, Trifa, an, an Orthodox priest in Romania who had founded the successful revival movement, the Lord's army. The Orthodox church will refuse him burial with priestly honors, a position it will later acknowledge as wrong. <laughs> So good for them. Right. There you go. Uh, someone acknowledged something. Um, and then 1983, uh, the Aromi Baptist church in Nigeria holds a retirement service for Stephen Eboye Adoye, uh, who had renounced the kingship of his region in order to preach the gospel. Yeah, good for him. Yeah. And that's, those are all the dates for February 12th. Uh, so, uh, uh, very interesting. There, there's, there was one more that I sent Bruce a a text for, um, uh, Fanny Crosby, who wrote a uh, uh, certain hymns. Uh, she, she passed away in February twelfth. If you ever want to look at a truly weird picture, uh, <laughs> you could look up blind Fanny Crosby and maybe come across this uh, later colorized photo that oh. Poor, poor Fanny does not do her justice. Um, and I literally did the the old joke of, oh, this is you know, of saying, oh, this is really pixelated. It's taking forever to download. No, it had. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> not great. It just wasn't great. No. Um, but uh, there, there you go. Uh, Fanny Crosby. Um, well, let's move on to our readings. And this is one thing that, uh, that Bruce, we did a bad job and didn't do this ahead of time. We have an oh, yeah. alternate reading uh, here. Which one are we doing for our first reading? <laughs> are we doing a uh, Ciroc? Okay, all right. 
I like it. Uh, so our first reading comes from the book of Sirach, uh, chapter 15, verses 15 through 20. If you choose, you can keep the commandments, and to act faithfully is a matter of your own choice. He has placed before you water, fire and water. Stretch out your hand for whichever you choose. Before each person are life and death, and whichever one chooses will be given. For great is the wisdom of the Lord. He is mighty in power and sees everything. His eyes are on those who fear him, and he knows every human action. He has not commanded anyone to be wicked, and has not given anyone permission to sin. Uh, let's let's talk a little bit about Sirach. We never read from this book, so let's talk about it. We don't read from it a lot. <clears throat> Some people may know it by the title, and I have to admit, I'm not sure exactly when it came into English use probably mm -hmm. well long ago uh it was called Ecclesiasticus that's right. that's the the Latin word for it not to be confused with Ecclesiastes right two different books right so that that's one of the reasons why uh current English translations for the most part use the Greek title for it which is Sirach okay um, and it's which actually now that I said that out loud it may be the Hebrew title Okay. Probably it's probably the Hebrew title. Yeah. Okay. That would be okay. it. Uh, is this this is apocrypha? No. No. Wrong. Ecclesiastes okay. is, but Ecclesiastes. not Ecclesiasticus, not Sirach. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Then I had that backwards. Uh, yeah. Which May happens with me a lot. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're so close together. They really are. They really yeah. are close together. Um. So. Uh. I like the way this is. What's what's the what's the vibe of of Ciroc? Like what's what what are we is what's the deal? Is is this a uh, is this a a a prophet uh, railing against the kingship? Is this uh, you know what what is this priestly instruction? What is what is all this? Uh, uh, generally speaking, the uh, a, a single sentence summary that I read uh, today was that it's a combination of the Law of Moses and the Book of Proverbs. Oh, so, interesting. Okay. Uh, Just kind of it, as a general vibe, that's the, that's yeah. the deal? Um, that it was written in the right around 200 B.C. So okay. that makes it pretty young for a Hebrew Scriptures book. Mm -hmm. and the And Israel had... The, the had the reconstructed temple by now. They had long ago, hundreds of years, been back from the Babylonian captivity. Unfortunately, now the Greeks had arrived, gotcha. and were coming under. They were coming under um, Greek rule. Mm -hmm. um, they at least didn't get hauled into captivity, but they did have to figure out how to be faithful to God when they could not say their king, the Greek ruler, was uh, ordained by God. Mm. You know, the the various traditions at least hoped for a Jewish king. And mm -hmm. now that, you know, th this is the army of Alexander the Great. So this is, they're not going anywhere. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, no. They're, yeah, absolutely yeah. not. Um, uh, so, okay. The, the book is to basically how do we live everyday life and stay mm -hmm. faithful to God 
even when, once again, we're under foreign domination, even if we get to sleep in our own beds. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, yeah, this, the, it, I mean, this starts off uh, um, seemingly somewhat innocuous enough. Uh, uh, if you choose, you can keep the commandments and to act faithfully as a matter of your own choice. And then it gives these ex- examples of like, yeah, I don't know why you say that it's a choice. <laughs> like, <laughs> he has placed before you fire and water. Reach for one. Which one would you choose? <laughs> uh, okay. You know, before each person are life and death, but it's a choice. So go for it. <laughs> well, I mean, and, and yes. <laughs> Uh, not much of a choice i mean i I guess i guess that's kind of the point is like uh you certainly have a choice i don't know why you would choose not to uh you know follow the instructions and people did fight over i mean for since before the literally before jesus's time people fought over how to translate um that verse, uh, verse mm. 15 mm-hmm. and they, and the, in English, the best translation is, um, you have free will. It's your own choice. Right. So fortunately what we have is a, a very good one. Um, but it, it's part of that great debate within the scripture about free will. Yeah. And part of what um, Jesus Sirach, the name of the the self-identified name of this author, Mm -hmm. um, is that (laughs) it's not as hard as you guys try to pretend it is. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, seemingly not. Seemingly not uh, one would one would assume because yeah like like you said it when laid out in these terms uh, free choice uh, I mean yeah I suppose it's a choice but I mean you'd be kind of dumb if you're like ooh fire uh, yeah <laughs> let me put my hand right in there <laughs> <laughs> thank you God for giving me these two <laughs> equal and both very valid choices. <laughs> Well, and, you know, good golly, we all know people repeatedly go into the fire. Oh, 100%, including myself, uh, which, yeah. it, like, I, I recognize that, you know, given the the, the circumstances uh, uh, and how much I'm actually paying attention, uh, yeah, no, this is me reaching for the fire. Uh, <laughs> I, yeah, I, I, I'm not above the rule. <laughs> um, but... Um, and I, like I said, I think in a way that that's uh, in a very real way, that is the point, which is like uh, we need to do better and real and recognize the fact that it really isn't that much of a choice. Like we, it shouldn't be this hard. It, well, it shouldn't be. But 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 actually it is. I mean, because and and part of part of the Hebrew is for choice includes intention. Mm. So, so it's not just, I'll choose red. It really is. Okay. I, do I want to make the world a better place or do I want to live selfishly? My intention is to make the world a better place. That forms my choice. 
Gotcha. So a chunk of it is how how are you treating the world? How do you what are you what are your values? What are your goals for life? And if they're selfish, mm-hmm. you'll be choosing death. Right. Right. Um so I in light of that, with those first three lines talking about like, hey, here's choice and uh seemingly uh, um, you know, one of the, the the answers to this choice should be obvious, uh, it, it, in a way. Uh, what then does that make? What does that mean then for the next line, which says, "For great is the wisdom of the Lord; He is mighty in power and sees everything." Um, it doesn't like. It kind of seems to imply like, and that's you know by design from God, and isn't He really smart for giving you these these two choices? Uh, but yeah, you know. and and part of that also is as you try to decide what your intention is, remember God seeing everything. Uh, gotcha. Okay, gotcha. So, so even though you might feel like you have a whole lot of privacy while you're doing that, you don't, <laughs> right? True, very true. You do not. Um, uh, I'm trying to think, let's see here. Uh, his eyes are on those who fear him. I wonder if the, the word fear here is, uh, not quite right though, via translation. Um, well, fear is almost always awe. Yeah. That's what I was thinking of that, that it was, it was probably a slightly different, uh, word. Um, uh, and he knows every human action. He has not commanded anyone to be wicked, and he has not given anyone permission to sin. Um, uh, although, yeah, go ahead. You, you started I, I was, breathing in as though you were going to say something. Yeah. Um, and never mind. Well, I almost shut off my recording, so that did not happen, <laughs> I'm glad to say. <laughs> that was my breathing in. But I'll... <laughs> that's like, right, no! right, right. Um, so now I totally forget what I was going to say after that little fear flash. <laughs> oh, now I remember what I was going to say. Um, I, I, I had a little brain flip. This mm-hmm. actually is in the apocrypha. Oh, okay. It was okay. When, and when I you know, started to look up the Hebrew, that's when I was like, "Oops." <laughs> <laughs> when you asked about um, fear, I got gotcha, you. I got gotcha. you. Uh, oh yeah, that, okay, that's right. It's in the apocrypha. So I okay. apologize for bre- leading leading pe- people astray for twenty minutes. Shame, shame, shame. Uh, you'll have to ring the bell. But I, um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah. Okay. Well, so Ecclesiastes is uh, that's the Ecclesiasticus one. Ecclesiasticus is Sirach. Yeah. And in the Apocrypha. Got it. Right. Okay. Well, then. Uh, what else about... Uh, um, so, so we talked about how fear is, is uh, uh, actually awe in, yeah. in, in this. Uh, his eyes are on those who are in awe of him, um, which implies both uh, acknowledgement and uh, a sense of respect. Uh, well, and guidance. And uh, okay, yeah, and guidance. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. Um, uh, he has not commanded anyone to be wicked. 
totally makes sense. And not giving permission for anyone to sin, um, which also makes me wonder about the translation of that that tale and whether or not uh, sin is quite the same word as we anticipate it being. I'm not completely sure. And okay, I'll just say that as a preface, but I believe this is the description of sin as as breaking of relationship. Got it. That that would track a little bit more with yeah. uh, uh, the, the, the language around it, because essentially you could read uh, the earlier part of the um, of the passage to be talking about your options between life and death, fire and water as the, 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 the implied wrong choice and implied and correct wrong choice, uh, uh, it would be an act of sin. Um, uh, so there's kind of like this tacit agreement of like, uh, you do have a choice, and then later saying, uh, I guess that, that does doesn't make sense. Uh, you, you, that doesn't mean he gives you permission to do so. Like, you have a choice, but uh, he's telling you it's wrong. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So. Um, and, and God doesn't want you to wander away. He wants, God wants us to stay in relationship. So God does not want us to sin. Right. Right. Um, anything else about this passage from Sirach? Um, it's it's kind it's a partner okay i i started with saying it's that this book is a combination of law of moses and Mm -hmm. uh book of proverbs this connects completely with the first option for the lectionary readings um for this sunday of Deuteronomy chapter 30, which begins with, see, I've set before you today life and prosperity, death and adversity. Oh, yeah. Look at that. Uh, so, yeah. So very this, similar. This is a, an intentional callback to that passage in Deuteronomy. Gotcha. Because this is a this is a newer, younger uh, writing than yeah. Deuteronomy. Yeah. Gotcha. Which is, you know kind of a part of the law of Moses. Yeah, it is. So, um, okay. Anything else? That's it. Well then let's move on to our Psalm reading for the day. Psalm 119 verses one through eight. Happy are those whose way is blameless, who walk in the law of the Lord. Happy are those who keep his decrees, who seek him with their whole heart, who also do no wrong, but walk in his ways. You have commanded your precepts to be kept diligently. On that, my ways may be steadfast in keeping your statutes. Then I shall not be put to shame. Having my eyes fixed on all your commandments, I will praise you with an upright heart when I learn your righteous ordinances. I will observe your statutes. Do not utterly forsake me. Um... So this is like a this is like a psalm from a lawyer. <laughs> the reason I'm laughing is I was going to say this is the longest psalm in the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, a little bit. It's it it is a hundred and seventy six verses. Wow! It goes on and on and on. 
Wow. That that is long. Yeah. Um, so uh, I suppose and, that. And, and there isn't ahead. any clear reason why. Why it's so daggone long? Yeah. I mean, I it, told you it's, it's 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 a it's a lawyer's uh, a psalm. Uh, it's it's got it it intentionally goes on longer than it needs to. Yeah. <laughs> and you're saying that as a regular employee of attorneys. Oh yes, yes, day in day out. Uh, uh, I could make the joke then that uh, uh, someone clearly was being paid by the word um, <laughs> to to put this one together. Um, but yeah, so it, I guess it begs the question then: uh, it, it, if Psalm one nineteen is like the longest psalm there is, with a hundred plus verses, um, we pluck out just this very small subset. Um, so, what is it about this subset of the um, of the psalm that that uh, why why do we give up the rest on it? Oh, like we'll, we'll come more. back and get other chunks of it. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, and yeah, they, they were not going to try to serve this in one meal. Um, thank goodness. Um, <laughs> the, um, well, this, you know, this clearly connects with either one of the of the first readings mm-hmm. about following God's commandments. Right. Um, and it has, it has, uh, it has that intention that Sirach wants of people who want to follow God's precepts diligently, um, be steadfast in keeping your statutes um, and then, you know, things will go well for, for the speaker. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that, that's why we're, this is what the whole Psalm starts with. And that's why it fits in with today's readings. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay. So then, uh, uh, the author is saying, Hey, happy are these people? Uh, and, that kind of, I suppose, kind of implies like, and I'm one of them. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. that my yeah. Uh, uh, then I shall not be put to shame, having my eyes fixed on all your commandments. I will praise you with an upright heart when I learn your righteous ordinances. I will observe your statutes. Do not utterly forsake me. I'm one of those happy and blameless people. That's me. I was going to say you could almost end that. Uh, Verse eight with do not utterly forsake me. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> no. I'm doing it right. <laughs> right. Philip over there, however. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's talk, God. Um uh, <laughs> uh so yeah. Um so why why though? Why all this um is it just because it, it kind of harkens back to these uh, um, readings that we were just talking about that are the law of Moses? And so uh, a lot of the law of Moses is very, you know, it is, is sounds very modern lawyerly uh, talking about statutes and commandments, this reference to ordinances. Um, I mean, very, uh, um, very legal minded language. 
uh, for for such right. an old text. Um, so I'm not sure how much of that is transla- translation and how much of that is uh, it, do we just get a lot of um, legal ease from from writings even as far back as this. It it's 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 connecting itself so strongly to the other chapters, other books of the Bible that mm-hmm. talk about God's commandments that that's why the that terminology is used repeatedly in Psalm 119. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm looking at a footnote here. Uh, in Psalm 119 are eight different terms for the law, specifically commandments, statutes, ordinances, decrees, words, per- precepts, promise, and law. And every grouping of roughly eight verses uses all four of them. I mean, all eight of them within it. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah, it's got a lot of that vocabulary there. It's really incredible when you think about it, uh, just because, I mean, we've talked before on the podcast about um, the hebrew tradition in writing of saying very similar things using uh um uh, different um different wording slightly different language uh uh, styles uh but in order to say the same thing the fact that there's that many though i mean usually it's like a a, you know it kind of comes in pairs or maybe even a triplet uh but the the idea that like hey in this these eight verses i'm going to use eight different versions of this word uh to talk about uh the instructions that god has given us uh and that we follow uh it's kind of a impressive feat yeah (laughs) when you think about it especially if you're viewing it through the lens of of uh it's not done uh as poetically as hebrew poetry that we've read in the past for other psalms but it is still nonetheless uh impressive to I mean, this is a walking thesaurus uh, for Hebrew yeah. poetry, and it's it's care. It has a very careful literary construction that won't show through in the English, especially not when it's just eight verses. But where it goes through an alphabetical verses start the first letter of each verse follows the alf the Hebrew alphabet. Mm-hmm. And and repeats, um, so the the poet gave him or herself that added challenge of, I'm going to try and make talking about the great covenant with God as beautiful as I can, as poetic as I can, and I'm going to do it using this alphabetic structure that is really hard to do. I noticed. Okay, so I I mean. That gets a little lost in translation. Yeah. So, so I'm glad that you mentioned that because, yeah, verse one and two, the first words are happy. The uh, verse seven and eight, the first words are I or I will. Uh, um, and then you wouldn't really notice that uh, yeah. for verses four through six or three through six uh, because of probably translation. Uh, um, uh, uh, but, all you know, he the author doesn't use the same words. So obviously the, the alphabetic uh, uh, side of the language is, is kind of lost once you translate it. Um, 
So that's interesting that that oh, wait a does minute. he do it for all like the entire Oh, it's it's even harder. Oh gosh. Is is that <laughs> done for like the entire song? What happened okay, it now that I'm reading the Hebrew, it's not each verse is in alphabetical order. It's each collection of eight verses all begin with the that the letter of the alphabet for that stanza. So every eight verses is the same so Hebrew letter. Every in in Hebrew, every one of the verses we have for this morning begins with the same letter. Wow. Yeah, and then starting with just want to make sure, yeah starting with verse nine it's the second letter uh wow yeah and it goes on like that for 176 verses wow the whole 176 verses does that make up the entire alphabet like is he going is the author going like down the line oh yeah Yes. Yeah. Amazing. What'd you say? 178 verses? Six. 176. 176. Uh, so there are 22 letters in the Hebrew alphabet? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I heard your keyboard, so I'm sure not going to disagree. <laughs> uh, let's see here. I was just doing math uh, in my head. Uh, yeah. Oh. Uh, the Hebrew alphabet has 22 letters. That's why it's 176 verses. Okay. That is nuts. Yeah. And okay. I, well, I hope there it's out there somewhere, probably in a, in a, let me see. I have a Hebrew Bible right here. I mean, an English Bible. Did they do it? Nope. Um, which I don't blame them. It would be very hard to translate it into another language trying to keep that same alphabetical structure. They do wow. make a note as to which Hebrew letter each of these words begin with. Huh. So, you know, we, we're in Alf. Or yeah. Aleph. Aleph. Not, yeah. And then the next eight is in Bet. The, yeah. That Gimel Dalet. Wow. Okay. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. I mean, if for something that I initially have to admit, I wrote off as, uh, you know, why would your psalm be so daggone long? Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. And, you know, if people really, you know, if people's attention started to drift, they could start to count. How many times is the word Torah been used here. How many times has the word proclaim been here? You know, the, those eight words that are used within each stanza. Um, there gotcha. are all sorts of layers here that will keep people's interest. If you read Hebrew. Gotcha. Wow. Yeah. I guess that's more doable. Uh, with the way that their alphabet is. I'm just like, my, my brain is sitting there going like, oh, their equivalent of Z must have been incredibly hard. <laughs> they don't have, that's not, that's not really a thing for the Hebrew alphabet of like, 
letters. Uh, I mean, I suppose some of the letters are slightly less rare than the others, but with only 22, they, they, they uh, do not have the limited number of words like we do for Z and X. Um, yeah. Not, not nearly as bad, I don't think. Anyways. Um, so that's kind of crazy well all right kudos what do we know about the uh the author for this does, does, does anybody uh, deserve direct credit as with virtually every single psalm i'd say every single psalm um no one knows mm-hmm. even um within the bible within the later um prophets this psalm is mentioned as kind of a you know uh, the latest hit and uh-huh. so we know it's from the the t- time after israel returned from babylonia captivity gotcha so it's okay. post post exilic gotcha so it's okay. it makes it one of the younger psalms hmm. uh anything more about this uh very small section of psalm 119 um, there was something. Um, oh, no, never mind. <laughs> okay. I, I was, I, my, my eyes drifted to Psalm 118 and the, my focus was pulled away. Gotcha. I gotcha. It happens. It happens. Well, let's move on to our gospel reading. Yes. Which has some uh, uh, some length to it here. Matthew wow. chapter 5, verse 21 through 37. You have heard that it was said to those of ancient times, you shall not murder, and whoever murders shall be liable to judgment. But I say to you that if you are angry with a brother or sister, you will be liable to judgment. And if you insult a brother or sister, you will be liable to the council. And if you say, you fool, you will be liable to the hell of fire. So when you are offering your gift at the altar, if you remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go. First be reconciled to your brother or sister, and then come and offer your gift. Come to terms quickly with your accuser while you are on the way to court with him, or you will, your accuser may hand you over to the judge and the judge to the guard, and you will be thrown into prison. Truly I tell you, you will never get out until you have paid the last penny. You have heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lust has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one of your members than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one of your members than your whole body to go into hell. It was also said, whoever divorces his wife, let him give her a certificate of divorce. But I say to you that anyone who divorces his wife, except on the ground of unchastity, causes her to commit adultery, and whoever marries a divorced woman commits adultery. Again, you have heard that it was said to those of ancient times, you shall not swear falsely, but carry out the vows you have made to the Lord. But I say to you, do not swear at all, either by heaven, for it is the throne of God, or by the earth, for it is his footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. And do not swear by your head, for you cannot make one hair white or black. Let your word be yes, yes, or no, no. Anything more than this comes from the evil one. 
Um, this feels like a really good passage to have uh, um, Bible thumped at you. Uh, <laughs> yeah. In, in modern times, uh, there there are some there are some uh, things here that are difficult for us to uh, be able to bear as modern readers, especially uh, in uh, uh, specifically the, the, the section about divorce in a, in, in a society where that does uh, uh, occur with, you know, some frequency. Yeah. Uh, so half the time. Uh, yeah. About half the time. Exactly. Um, so what is uh, like, uh, have we, strayed so far bruce from god's commandments is that really where we're at uh or is there something more at play here he asked with a semi-knowing tone <laughs> yes <laughs> <laughs> oh oh well then do tell <laughs> oh oh yes <laughs> um okay Obviously, this has been one. This was one of the great debates of the 20th century mm -hmm. uh, within Christianity, and continues to be in more conservative corners of Christianity today. Um, the issue of divorce, and what this, what Jesus is doing in each of these is a rabbinical commentary, mm -hmm. where if I'm not, okay, church nerd. I enjoy reading old rabbinical commentaries because mm -hmm. they will they will have formulas like um, you have heard that it was said, but I say to you, that's a very rabbinical construction on giving you a heads up that the the that commentator is going to add a nuance or a complete contradiction to a prior commentator of a particular Bible verse. Okay. So the, so the crowd would not be saying, you know, would not be gasping that, Oh, Jesus is not taking the scriptures literally. Instead it would be okay. We got some rabbinical stuff happening here. Well, let's listen mm -hmm. up, see what his take is compared to the rabbi down the road. Um, and, so and so what it's what Jesus is talking about here it, okay now I'm just checking something okay what Jesus is talking about here he will also talk about in chapter 19 um mm -hmm. so he comes back to it uh twice that okay in the time of Jesus mm -hmm men had come up with a way of having multiple female sex partners by having mm -hmm. one night marriages. Got it. Yes. So, yes. um, all a man had to do was be married mm -hmm. and have their little party together, hopefully completely consensual and then Gosh. you know leaving yeah, after breakfast yeah. <laughs> leaving Gosh. after after breakfast right out i hereby divorce this woman and right. the marriage is over women did not have that same right um mm -hmm. and so as it's 
easy to imagine when at first this system was created essentially for men and women sowing their wild oats before their lifetime commitment, it very quickly became exploited by men to take advantage of the powerlessness of women to form a divorce. Mm, gotcha. Um, they could literally could blackmail a woman with it. Uh, huh. And insist on being paid off and that sort of thing. Um, Jeez. Yeah, men. Um <laughs> Seriously, though. <laughs> yeah. So, so Jesus is saying, no, this, yeah, this isn't working either. Mm-hmm. And I have to admit, I forget off the top of my head when it was created, but um, I believe it was just shortly after the time of Jesus. Maybe it's newer than that, but I don't think so. Within Judaism, there developed a new way of countering all those kinds of dynamics where part of getting married was having a divorce agreement as part of the marriage covenant. So Mm. the, the couple would say, would have this written document and say, if I ever, uh, if we ever divorce, you know, Peter will pay this to Mary, Mary will pay this to Peter and when that payment is done, the divorce can be completed. Mm-hmm. Obviously, paraphrasing tremendously. Sure. Um, and that was in use for centuries. Then when um, the state of Israel was formed in the late 1940s, it was allowed once again by a, a political jurisdiction. Yeah. So, you know, we call mm-hmm. it a prenuptial, but it was very radical um, that women would have that kind of power within a marriage. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But that that's after Jesus. And so I guess it's a tangent. I suppose, I suppose, but. Okay. I got to add one thing. Sure. (laughs) Well, the, the, I got to go to Israel twice. And the first time we had this wonderful guide who was uh, a Jewish woman and was genius she knew so much and she talked about this dynamic um mm-hmm. when we went to um one of the sites of jesus's um miracles for at a wedding feast and so as we we're on the bus going on to the next place we we're chatting away and someone asked okay do people still do do you have this with your husband she said yes and i know i'm never going to get divorced because of it and everyone laughed and said, why? He said, well, when we got married, the um, shekel was not the national currency of Israel. And so to placate my husband, because I was the one who wanted this document, we had the financial agreements in shekels. So it would have huh. been pennies. However, 10 years later, Israel adopted the shekels. <laughs> And the amounts <laughs> that he allowed in that document were immense. <laughs> and it is amazing. Legal, it is legally recognized in Israel. So he'd have to give her millions of the equivalent of a few million dollars to divorce her. <laughs> oh, that's too funny. Yeah. That's yeah. too funny. We laughed and laughed. <laughs> <laughs> 
(laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, I can understand why you would. uh, For sure. That's funny. Um, So, yeah, we've so we've got this. um, What did I want to say about this? We've got this. The the, the way this kind of starts off um, is is a very understandable uh, um, kind of an approach to uh, the one of the Ten Commandments. Right. Yeah. Uh, And it it, maybe it was. Maybe it was a new concept for its day, maybe not so much, but it is pointing out like, hey, look, it's not really written there, but like you get you get the vibe when you, you know, murder is is done out of like a a desire to take someone's stuff or general anger uh, towards someone. And I'm here to say, like, even if you're just angry, you know, you got to resolve that you can't, Mm -hmm. you know. Uh, in order to be right with God, you have to you have to communicate with your fellow human being, and you have to you have to address um, the 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 breaches of of trust and civility between you. Uh, and it 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 doesn't it doesn't mean like well you didn't murder the person so you're good uh, right <laughs> you're you're still furious with them and you'll never speak to them again. But you know you didn't kill them so. That, oh, yeah. <laughs> that's following the law. Um, and then we do that. We do kind of get to these. Uh, uh, and, and then again, it kind of implies like same kind of a thing with like um, um, accusers and of, of, of things and um, uh, you know, paying your debts. Uh, <laughs> you might have to, you'd have to pay your debts otherwise. Um, but then, yeah, well, then we get into this whole, um, the, the, the rest of it is all pretty much about, um, um, the the sexuality argument, uh, the the sex argument of uh, of of hey, we're not doing these things quite right. I you know I think you should be able to recognize that <laughs> because uh, the certif- the certificate of divorce, which technically means that you're you know within the law um, uh, uh, as as allowed and is is you know, laughable is kind of what it seems like Jesus is saying. Like, you know, you can't possibly think like it's such so flimsy and easily seen through. Um, this isn't, this isn't okay. This isn't that that's not a marriage. Uh, you know, that's not a, um, well, and it's, I, yeah, go ahead. Part of what, you know, from between the time of, the gift of the Ten Commandments and the time of Jesus, you know, they're, they're pages and pages and pages or scrolls and scrolls and scrolls of commentary on the commandments. Mm-hmm. And most of those commentaries were getting to this same place. In fact, we had it today of what is your intention? Mm. What is your intention that is forming your behavioral choice? And if your intention is to to be ogling women, you have a pretty bad intention there. Yeah. And if, you know, if your intention is to make someone miserable without actually committing violence, you have a terrible intention there. So this is the maturing of the ethical rules and formation of conscience that it goes beyond external behavior and into how you're seeing the world and how you're seeing people. 
Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes quite a lot of sense there. Um, I, I, I will point out too, I think it's kind of funny when we're talking about uh, um, committing adultery here, starting in verse 27. And then we have these series of phrases of like, Hey, if your right eye causes you to sin, you know, yeah. the, the extreme uh, uh, step of, of, tear it out and throw it away. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. And by the way, we're talking about adultery. So, uh, you know, you know, might have to tear that off and throw it away. (laughs) 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 Kind of seems implied to me. I don't know. I'm just, maybe that's just me. Um, uh, but, uh, but yeah, uh, what, 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 what a, that would be my thought hearing jesus talk here like hey we're talking about adultery what what member of the body is it that causes you to sin for adultery remind me again it it (laughs) says member it does and the the greek is just means any body part particularly an external part yeah so So, calling for all eunuchs Um, yes (laughs) (laughs) though um, and the, the image being used here is in terms of being cast into hell. This is mm-hmm. once again, the, the actual term used is the, the proper name of the valley just outside of Jerusalem where unclean things were burned, including body parts that people had lost in accidents and things. Gotcha. Gotcha. So it, it, it wasn't a... Yeah, you got to fling your eye so far that it transmit time and space to get to an eternal place. It's instead right. you got to throw it down that valley and let it burn up with uh, leftovers from butchering something and all that icky stuff. Right, right, exactly. But it was a poetic exaggeration. I like it though. I like it. <laughs> Jesus is happy to hear that. <laughs> He's been waiting so yes. long for my approval. <laughs> Centuries. <laughs> fine, fine. I shall give give my approval of this. Um, but uh, but yeah, uh, yeah, I like that. Um, anything else about this passage here? Oh, I mean, this this passage we could probably talk about There's, for there, weeks, there really is so a lot. There I, really is a lot. It um, is part of the. It's continuing the Sermon on the Mount, so it is some okay. of the first things that Jesus's followers were. First specifics, Jesus' followers were hearing from him, and it, again, would be interesting to put ourselves with fresh ears to hear what Jesus was saying. And mm-hmm. you know, some of it, people say, okay, yeah, he's, he's sounding like a rabbi here. I'm comfortable with that. And some of it may have been, oh, doggone Oh, wait, no swearing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. Well, then with that, I think, uh, uh, should we end this podcast? My word is yes, yes. Uh, <laughs> let us call to a close this year podcast for February 12th, 2023. See what I did there? Uh, the yeah, sixth I Sunday after Good the epiphany back. in year. Yeah, I liked it too. I'm very proud of myself. Um, 
uh, the sixth Sunday after the Epiphany uh, in year A, and uh, we want to encourage you to uh, join us in uh, uh, worship this coming Sunday, uh, the 8 o'clock and 10 o'clock uh, uh, services on Sunday morning in person with the 9 o'clock educational hour in between, and the 10 o'clock service being broadcast live on our YouTube channel, HFEC Videos on YouTube, uh, which... Uh, Hey, technology worked with us this week, and uh, we're we're back on it. Uh, so uh, uh, may that continue. Uh, and until next week, I'm Ben, and I'm Bruce, and we'll talk to you later. Bye bye. Bye.